Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it. It's the final one. It is our last team prediction, and we've made it through. We have one more episode after this for the offseason. I'm really excited to talk about it because this is going to be one of the more interesting ones. Last year, the Seattle Mariners were a great breakout story. They they finally did it. They finally broke the 21-year postseason curse. But then again, that thorn in their side that's been nagging them the entire season, the Houston Astros, the one to knock them out in 18 innings. But they made some moves this offseason. The Astros made some moves this offseason. How are you doing today, Big Steve? I'm doing good. Uh, had better days, had worse days. But, you know, we're here to talk some baseball, and that's really what it's about, right? Um, I mean, the Seattle Mariners are always a uh, – or at least the last season, were a team that you could get behind. They were kind of – it felt like like America's team, right? Like we just went through the World Baseball Classic. But last season, they were America's team. You wanted them to come through. You wanted them to beat beat out the Houston Astros. Unfortunately, they didn't. They did go out, and they, they ended up beating uh, Toronto and, and proved that America is better than Canada. I mean, that's a good point right there. Um, last year, you, they beat Toronto after they finally made it to that playoff shot. And then they they lost to the Astros, but they didn't get beat by the Astros. Like, they played them pretty hard, in all honesty. They took a Robbie Ray throwing a questionable fastball to Jordan Alvarez. Uh, I don't really remember much of game two, but game three is that 18-inning game where Jeremy Payne finally walked it off. Or didn't really walk it off because it was in Seattle. Um Luis Castillo was acquired and extended. Julio uh, Rodriguez became a star. Excuse me. I was thinking about signing predictions. I just worked on those. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is a star in baseball now, and he's the face of their franchise. He got that 18-year contract. That's a big contract, man. Uh, Stans, what happened in that offseason? All right, so they did lose out on a bunch of names. Lost out on Mitch Haniger. Obviously, he heads out to the Giants. Kirk Casale heads out. Carlos Santana heads out. Adam Frazier goes to the O's. Matthew Boyd to the Tigers. And they trade Kyle Lewis to Arizona in exchange for Cooper Hummel, which was a smart deal because uh, Kyle Lewis kind of a lot of injury plagues or a lot of injury plague seasons past couple seasons after his 2020 Rookie of the Year can- campaign. Um, hopefully, he gets a fresh start in Arizona. They get in. They get Cooper Hummel in. Uh, they also go out and acquire Teoscar Hernandez uh, for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. And uh, they acquire Colton Wong from Milwaukee for Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. Uh, I really like that second deal. Colton Wong, very, very, very good player. Jesse Winker was not very good with the Mariners, and you lose out on Abraham Toro. They also sign A.J. Pollock to a one-year $7 million deal. That can make up to $12 million. And sign Tommy Estella to a one-year deal on the league minimum. If you isolate the Kyle Lewis trade, I don't like it. But given the other moves they made, they acquired Teoscar Hernandez and yes. they got AJ Pollock. I like them. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Um, Teoscar Hernandez will add some much needed thump into this lineup. Um, and he's going to do that. Kyle Lewis, uh, again, he's young. He has time. It's just the injuries were kind of plaguing him. And I think I think a fresh start in Arizona is really what he needs, especially since he will be coming off the bench in Arizona. So he can probably get that the time he needs to rest. That's fair. The one thing I'm kind of looking at, because they brought in Teoscar Hernandez, they brought in A.J. Pollock. You know, Julio Rodriguez is a questionable defensive center fielder. He'll make, you know, flashy plays, but as we saw in the World Baseball Classic, he also makes a couple key errors here and there. Francisco Lindor. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I I worry about the out the defense of this team a little bit. That's definitely fair. Uh, that is definitely a hole I can see, but they also got Colton Wong who two years ago was one of the best defenders in baseball. He had a bit of a rocky season in Milwaukee, but I think he can find his footing pretty well. So he, he'll be at second base. They have J.P. Crawford signed at shortstop. J.P. Crawford, from the best of my knowledge, which I will be double-checking at this exact moment, is a fairly yeah, so decent defender. Eugenio uh, Suarez, I believe, He's is actually average. fairly... Yeah, he is. J.P. Crawford is? Not J.P. Not Crawford, Eugenio Suarez. Oh, J.P. Crawford's horrible. He's a negative yeah. 11 outs above average. Um, but Suarez, Suarez is average at third base. Yeah, they he had was horrible at shortstop. He was atrocious. Yeah. Um, so, and then at first base, they have Ty France, who was in gold glove competition. I actually do know that one for a fact. Ty France is a solid defender, but their outfield is questionable. That, that defense in the outfield, because based on, hold on, let me make sure. Yeah, yours lines up with fan drafts. How was he so, a gold glove finalist that had negative four outs above average? The J. Rod Teoscar Hernandez and Jared Kelnick. That's 
Is how's Kelnick in the outfield? I don't know that. Uh, one out below average. Okay, so okay, he's about but, an average okay. defender. Julio Rodriguez, the one time Brad actually uses the eye test, is nine outs above average. I but I he's not. So I'm not. I'm trying. I'm trying to think because I remember him. I think he makes key errors. I don't think. I think on average he's a good defender, but in the clutch moments he's not. If that makes sense. No, I get that. Um, I mean, outside of that, you got Kyle Riley there back behind the dish, and he's gonna bring some some offense and some defense. So I don't know. I think they're lacking in the defense department, but. I th- I think they'll be okay. I think it's definitely going to be, especially with J.P. Crawford at shortstop. I mean, I don't – do they have – they have a – yeah. They do have a rookie, but he's not projected till 2026, 2027. They don't really have any reinforcements coming in at shortstop unless you want to move Colton Wong over there maybe, but I don't know. How about that? I, I think it was a it was a fine offseason. I think they're – I think they might be saving up a little money for a certain someone next offseason or make a bid at someone. Um, I think everyone's going to be in that market. Next I think. Offseason. I think. I think even the Nationals are going to be in that market. Why wouldn't you? In all honesty, yeah. It, what, what's 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 the negative in it? You you don't get him. Oh well. Yeah. I'll, offer uh, him five hundred million dollars. You get Shohei Otani and a curly W for the next ten seasons. I'm fine with it. A curly W on the uniform and an L in the box for exactly. Some, but I'm Seattle, okay with it. <laughs> the Seattle Mariners starting rotation looks like Robbie Ray who we'll talk about at points. I'm really high on him this season. Luis Castillo, who came over at the trade deadline last year, they extended him. He was very good in Seattle, and he was elite when he was in Cincinnati. But the playoffs were really where he showed, where he shined. Uh, he looked great, and then he threw a changeup that was like three balls off the plate, and Jordan Alvarez poked that into the Crawford box. It's like just an impressive swing. It was a fine pitch with just an even better swing. Like That's not something you can downgrade him for. You had Logan Gilbert, who kind of had a breakout last year, but there is definitely skepticism about the quality of that breakout in my eyes. I think that there, everything under the hood supports that he was not as good as it suggests. Um, that's not to say that the Mariners can't improve him and make him actually elite, considering that he knows what it's like to have success. Uh, his like his stuff, his raw pitching stuff, is literally league average. It's 100. Um, so... I don't know how how much I believe in the Logan Gilbert hype train. Uh, and their last starting pitchers are George Kirby and Marco Gonzalez, who I think are actually two very interesting pitchers, mainly George Kirby. Marco Gonzalez is just a five-starter. Uh, more so George Kirby. He showed that he can be one of the best strike-throwing pitchers in baseball last year. That doesn't mean necessarily it's related to success. But he went through a bit of a pitch arsenal revamp in the middle of the season, and he had a lot of success down the line. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, I'm excited to watch Luis Castillo. I'm really high on him. Uh, Robbie Ray, I'm, I don't think I'm ready to drink that Kool-Aid quite yet. But um, again, I do like him. Former Nationals player, uh, even though he didn't play up in the majors. Um, I, I do like the I like the certain rotation. I, it's 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 where would you where would you rank it? We talked about this I think last time with the Angels. Like where would you or, or no, it was with the Rangers? Where would you where would you have them? Because I think it's a middle of the pack to higher one i'm just thinking about the al west right they're not better than the astros no I, they're better than the athletics they're yes, easily. well-rounded better than the angels i think because mm. I, I think it's i think it's about equivalent to the angels i think honest. i would drink more george kirby kool-aid than tyler anderson kool-aid for this season that's fair I don't so know. I think I think, yeah. I think they're around. So I'd say, yeah, I think they're around the same echelon of the Angels, probably just a step higher is what I would say. I agree with that. I think, like, obviously, the Angels have a certain X factor. But I think you'll get Castillo and Ray won't be as good as Otani, but they'll provide more innings than Otani, like infinitely more, because it's two people compared to one who bitch on a five-day schedule. Hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking through my awards because I have them set. I don't know about that, Bradley. Nah. Um, Shohei Otani. The thing is, he pitches every sixth day. That's the issue. That's fair. Uh, that's I, all I'm, I'm just, saying. I really, I really like Luis Castillo. I really liked him when he was with really? Cincinnati. You really that. like him. I really like. Nah. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, he. Um. 
what was it? What season did he have? It was a 2021. He had the down season. Or was it yeah, but everything suggests it was 2021, but he just got it. It was really just considerably unlucky. I was, I, cause I remember, I think I drafted him decently high in our fantasy draft and he yeah. just went downhill so fast. And I was like, nah, I have faith. He's going to be good. He was not good that season, but he was good last season. Yeah. Um, so something interesting about I, again, that though, I like him is again, percentiles like vary based on the league. But he yeah. was in the same percentile the past two seasons for expected ERA. So you have this considerably bad season by his standards. It really just looked like the strikeouts season. The strikeouts went away. And he found that as again in 2022. We saw that we just saw him be successful. He actually let up more hard contact, but he was successful. Yeah. I think that that's something that concerns me though. Because I don't think he was a shift pitcher, uh, being a right-handed pitcher. He had shifts on. Actually, he did shift a good amount against left-handed pitchers. But I feel like everyone shifts against lefties. So Yeah, it's just kind of what you have to do. Like, even, like, like Juan Soto is a pull hitter, but he can go to the opposite field decently well, and people still have that pull shift on him. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just looking up to see what the defense behind him was last year. So last year, he had, a, he had four outs above average behind him when he was pitching. So yeah. it's respectable, but when you have a sinker guy, which is surprising that it's surprising that he's a sinker guy, but his launch angle was like optimal line drive angle. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested to see Luis Castillo this season. I don't think he's as good as last year, but I think he's much better than 2021, even though technically they were identical. That's, I guess that's fair. Uh, let me get into this bullpen. Uh, no lefties. But they got Paul Sewell, Andrews Munoz, uh, Diego Castillo, Matt Brash, Penn Murphy, Trevor Gott, uh, Matt Festa, and Chris Flexen. This is a top 10 bullpen in baseball. Uh, I'm hard-pressed to argue with you. I want a lefty in the lineup or in that pen, but sometimes you can't get, sometimes you can't get it. And they do have left two lefties out of the, in the starting rotation. Um so me, maybe if they can try and mix looks, maybe I don't know if Marco Gonzalez, if they would even contemplate throwing him in the pen. I highly doubt it, but just you basically need to make Chris Flexen your five starter would be the issue. Unless yeah. they, they don't even have the farm system to go for Otani right now. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> um I'm just trying to look at their Yeah, because they gave up they gave up all their pretty much all their top prospects last year for Castillo. But they also like they got Castillo. They got who else did they get? Um, they got and, Suarez. They got Jesse Winker when that was still a trade. Uh, Colton yeah. Wong, and they didn't have to trade for Kelnick too expensive from what I remember. Who they? It was Edwin Diaz. That was the Edwin Diaz trade. Oh, it was yes. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this bullpen right, and there's a lot of similar looks. Um. That's interesting. Okay. So Matt Festa, Trevor Gott, Paul Seawald are all, and Penn Murphy are all very similar looks. Sweeping slider, rising fastball. I mean, I guess if you can hit command C, command V a lot, and have an, like, and they all be effective. Like Paul Seawald is one of the best stuff plus pitchers in baseball last year. But I mean, don't, don't fix it if it ain't broken. Andres Munoz is filthy. Uh, the only concern there is control. If he can have control, if he walks ten percent of batters, uh, that's that's successful in my eyes because he he walked six percent last year and he was he had a one eight four expected ERA. That's that's unhittable. Yeah. Like Matt Brash is really good. He's got a really good bowling ball slider. Uh, he hasn't really panned out. He was a starter when he came up to the minor leagues, but that really hasn't panned out. There's maybe a guy that you kick to the starting rotation if he is successful, and Marco Gonzalez looks like he can possibly go to the bullpen. Uh, he really struggled with walks, though. So that is a cause for concern, especially if you want him as a starting pitcher. He started five games last year. Let me find his starts. In his starts, he had a 765 ERA. Not ideal. No, but I guess if you take that down the stretch, he got it down to a 444 because he was really solid in the in the Mariners' bullpen, so I don't know why you would change that. I like the bullpen. Yeah. I think it gives enough I, looks. I'd like, to see a, I'd like to see a right-handed cutter. Something to saw okay. off lefties. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Again, I'm just I, – I like I like having a little bit of variety in my bullpen, but, hey, if it works, I don't think – hey, 
whatever works for you, it'll it's gonna work. And like Brad said, this is probably a top ten bullpen in in the league. So, I mean, why why change it, right? Yeah. Um, as far as their lineup goes, though, kind of touched on it a little bit, but they got Colton Wong out at second, Julio Rodriguez in center field, Ty France at first, Teoscar Hernandez in right, Yoenio Suarez at third base, Cal Riley behind the dish, Jared Kelnick in left, AJ Pollock at the DH position, and JP Crawford at shortstop. They also have. Uh, Taylor Trammell and Dylan Moore, uh, they're both injured. And then off their bench, they got Tom Murphy, Cooper Hummel, Tommy LaStella, and Sam Haggerty. I I like the lineup. I mean, I like the lineup. I I don't like the bench. I definitely agree with that. Um, Tommy LaStella, no matter how much Tom wants to love him, uh, is not as good as he could be. Um, I'm fine with him, though, because he can go in and play – quality defense he's not going to hit but if you have you know if you need to give jp crawford an off day he'll actually go in and probably play better defense than jp crawford does um i like colton wong leading off i might put julio rodriguez there in all honesty because it's Julio Um, rodriguez uh yeah but but think about it he can get on base he can steal bases yeah he was a third what he was a was he he was 2020 almost 30 30 last year yeah because i don't see why he can't do that again that's fair but if if you put colton wong in there and he gets on base right and then you have julio rodriguez that puts a little more pressure onto the pitcher um especially with the pitch clock and all that so it puts a little more pressure on him and uh then if he does hit a home run which he did 20 to 30 times last season then that's two runs opposed to one run i think that colton wong shouldn't even be in the top six in this lineup i think we'll talk about it in a little bit a lot of this season has to do with if kelnick can find some resemblance of a quality major league baseball player because if jared kelnick can be a quality major league baseball player right now the lineup is rodriguez france hernandez suarez rally kelnick pollock and then you have wong and crawford Right. And the ability to move Kelnick up in the lineup gives you the ability to move Colton Wong down in the lineup. And you have a left handed, you have a left handed look. It's fine. If you have really good right handed hitters, putting them back to back to back is fine. You might want to have some variety if you can. But again, Tiasca Hernandez is a silver slugger candidate every year. Ty France was really good the first half of last year, then he tailed off. Eugenio Suarez, he rebounded. He, I don't get how he just disappeared for a year and a half. I but... think it was the instability of his defensive positioning. Okay. That's like that's like a thing a lot of players are like like uh I think we talked about it with the Yankees. Giancarlo Stan, he wants to go play in the outfield because he feels it helps him hit better. Yeah. I think Johan, you know, Suarez with his stability at third base, it's really helping him a lot. Yeah, he does strike out an absolute butt ton. Um, but that that's okay because if you mash and if you walk, which he does a respectable amount, he had on-base percentage almost 100 points higher. You strike out and you hit bombs, you do pretty well. Um, obviously, I don't think he returns that 2018-2019 juiced ball form. But if this is the type of player he is, he has value for the Mariners. Yeah. Um, I like Cal as far as your Kelnick point, I, I, it, it is really, really is all, uh, the, this lineup, at least the order of it, is dependent upon him, and whether he can actually have that breakout type of season that we all thought he was going to have, um, back when he came up into the league. Um, he showed flashes so far in spring training. He had a decent spring. I don't he had a remember. Fantastic his... spring, actually. It was like okay. he made a bunch of adjustments. I know. Just... I know he. I know he. I know he came out the gates hot, but I didn't know how he finished. So I didn't want to say he had an amazing spring. Um, but hopefully that can transfer. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like, can you transfer that success in spring into the league or into so the regular season, right? His spring training, it said that basically he made some adjustments to his swing and his setup, and they've been really good. He's actually got, he's putting out power to the opposite field right now. He's able to stay through the zone, let the ball get deep, and put it into fair territory, which is actually huge progress for him. Anytime that he'd been letting the ball get deep in the zone, it was getting held off or whiffed on. Uh, he's standing up taller in the box, which allows him to have more balance, and he's able to drive outside pitches the other way. So, you know what? Maybe a little bit of a Jared Kelnick breakout right there. Yeah. Um, I was actually – I was I checked on my MLB The Show 
rebuild from last year. We're in 2029. Um, and Jared Kelnick is a 98 overall in the Los Angeles Angels. Interesting. Uh, also, Trout's like a 74 and is on the Padres. Okay, but the aging curve and MLB The Show franchise mode is horrible. I haven't played it yet this year. I'm actually curious. The game came out on Thursday uh, last week. And yeah. I've been bad guys this far. It's pretty fun. But it's, you know, we can talk about this off camera. It's going to get off topic. Yeah. But <laughs> I like where it's headed. That's Back good. to the lineup, um, though. I yeah. like... <laughs> I... I think I like her. I like Cal Rally. I like Suarez. I like Hernandez. I like Rodriguez. Pollock last year did not play to his potential and what he was with the Dodgers, and that's very difficult to do. But he was on the White Sox. So... It was on the White Sox, and also he was 34, 34 years old, and he played every single game he played in the outfield. They didn't give yeah. him any DH days. Yeah, which hopefully he will get – Well as projected by the lineup, he will get in Seattle. Um, and it's the whole reason he left the Chicago White Sox. God, I hate the White Sox. Um, Last year's yeah, White I mean, Sox were bad for baseball. Sorry, Mariners. Yeah. Um, top to bottom. I, I, I honestly like this lineup, top to bottom. Outside of, you know, Kelnick needs to have his breakout. Ty France needs to stay at least somewhat consistent. Uh, the defense is a little suspect, especially at shortstop, which, in my opinion, is the most important defensive position that you can have but i i like the lineup i it's i'm trying to think if i'm going to say it's top 15 it's top 15 it's it's top 15 yeah. i don't think top 15 is a low bar i mean top 15 is the you other be, half of the you league. have to be better than and one other team to make to make the playoffs i think you need to have a top 15 lineup and i think they do i think the ceiling lineup right this is actually a really fantastic lineup i don't take Colton Wong, he got very lucky in 2021, uh, but he also is a contact guy. J.P. Crawford's not going to hit. I don't really know what his purpose is, in all honesty. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, flashy plays, that's what I'm going to go with. Negative 11 outs above average. Hey, just because they're bad on average does not mean that they don't make flashy plays like C.J. Abrams. He's got, okay, he doesn't hit the ball <sighs> hard. He's got a walk to him. He doesn't strike out a lot. I mean, he gets on base. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes in your nine spot, that's really sometimes all you need. You need a guy that's going to get on base and get get it back up to the top of the order. And yes, but with I, I, Colton Wong and J-Rod up at the top of the order, I think that's a good idea. Okay. So, right, you need somebody at shortstop. Who are you going to put at shortstop if it's not J.P. Crawford? That's a, that's a very good question. Exactly. Um, because you have I, your that also might be a fallacy the to the design Lestella of the team. and Sam Haggerty. That's fair. Just... Like okay, but here's the thing, right? If JP Crawford isn't playing well, if he's not hitting and his defense is still bad, I don't get why you don't put Tommy Lestella at shortstop. Maybe because his defense hasn't been great the past two years. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you don't have. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I'm, I'm not even worried about that. I'm looking at ETAs. They're, they have a guy in double-A who's their 29th-ranked prospect coming up this year. Yeah. Um, named Kaden Polkovich. 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 Uh, yeah, he's – hold on. He is uh, – he played last – he betted a 242 average uh, in double-A. 345 OPS or on base percentage, 731 OPS, 389 slugging. I would not, not terrible. Okay. You have starting pitching, right? Before we get to predictions, you have starting pitching. Deal Emerson Hancock for a shortstop prospect. You know who really needs pitching? St. Louis Cardinals. Bryce Miller. And Emerson Hancock for Mason Wynn. I mean, yeah, that's a good A. Hey, that, that's ready that's, pitching. Yeah, and that's a good shortstop. That's at least a good defensive shortstop. Yeah. Well, all right. We, Dang, we just, we just a, predicted That's a deal. 
We we, all right, we just wrote that prediction. If that happens, I, I like that. I I really like that for both these teams. Dang, I think the I, I also think really the like Cardinals, win though. The Cardinals would want a more established major league pitcher. Is the yeah. thing. So maybe. All right, Steve. I, I don't know. I just I pick. like I like I like Mason Wynn. So, um. All right. So I have them. What was their record last year? Ninety-two and or ninety and seventy-two, I think. Well, I yeah. have them going ninety-two and seventy. Um, MVP. Obviously, you got to go with Julio Rodriguez. I don't really think there's anyone else. Um, you're gonna go with on this team. Uh, Cy Young went with Luis. <laughs> Cy Young went with Luis Castillo. Um, again, like I said, I'm high on him. Um, and you'll see that in our uh, season awards as well. Uh, most important talked about it a bunch jared kelnick and i also have him being their breakout player i really am excited to watch him this season i think he's going to have a good season i'm really excited to watch him on the document i accidentally wrote jared and breakout and kelnick and most important great um i think they got the memo <laughs> uh tom had them going 91 and 71 also rodriguez and castillo for mvp and cy young breakout he had george kirby which i can completely get behind he was pretty good at the end of last year I don't think he's a Cy Young candidate by any sense of the imagination, but I think if he can establish himself as a solid number three right now, it'll fill its role in the Mariners' rotation. And then his most important, he put Teoscar Hernandez, which is a bit of a question mark for me. I know he left a note on the message he sent. Um, He said, pretty decently high volatility rating. I think there's a world where they do come away with the division, which is fair. I mean... I'm just yeah, I can see the world if they hit their ceiling and the Astros hit the, their floor. But like I'm I'm just god, the Astros are just stacked this year. Yeah. And then my predictions, I also had them going 91 and 71. Uh Julio Rodriguez MVP. For their Cy Young, I had Robbie Ray. Uh he's had a fantastic spring training. The deception's back, and for their breakouts, also a rebound is Robbie Ray. And their most important, as Stevens and I talked about, it's Jared Kelman. It's not a matter of him being Julio Rodriguez or 2022 Jared Kelnick, it's can he be a competent major league baseball player? Can he have a 750 OPS? Can he put the ball in play more than, you know, can, can he not strike out an absolute ton? And can he provide a genuine at-bat in the middle of that lineup? Yep. I feel like that pretty much covers it. Um, all right, let's head over to the Astros. We got to talk about ceiling and floor, Big Steve. Oh my God, I always forget the ceiling and floor. I don't know. Um, all right, ceiling. I'm gonna say Tom said high. I said medium. I'm gonna say medium. I think what is? If, I think if this team misses out on the playoffs, it's because of the seventh. And that yeah. seventh seed of Maya is like 85, 86 wins, but I don't see them going above 94, 95 wins. I was going to say, like, I don't see him hitting 100. I don't see this team hitting 100, which I feel like Tom does, based on that comment. Yeah. I would say around 95 wins, and their floor is around 83, around there. What would have to go? Rodriguez would have to get hurt. Like, like J-Rod would have to get hurt, and Castillo would have to revert to 2021. And Robbie Ray would have yeah. to just be, be lost here. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, now and, now it's Astros yeah. time. Now, now it's, it's Astros, Astros time. Um, the Houston Astros, if you guys didn't know, they won the World Series last year, uh, which is a pretty Ooh. good thing to do in baseball. The Houston Astros last year, they went 106 and 56, which, again, very good thing. Uh, they were the second-best team in baseball behind yours, truly, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who lost in their first round of the playoffs. Uh, they uh, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young Award. Jose Altuve had his best career year without trash cans. And Jordan Alvarez was third in the MVP voting. They were really, really good last year. Uh, it's kind of fitting that we actually, I don't think we did this on purpose. We ended with the World Series champs from last year. That's a good way to, um, I think next year we kind of need to fix the organization of this. That's, uh, that's, that's a side That's note. definitely true, but we can we can discuss that. Yeah. Um, they were really, really good last year. We talk oh about God, yeah. we talk about wanting to see a team fail, and I think a lot of us want to see the Astros fail. They are a dynasty. They mm-hmm. have a real World Series ring, whether you like it or not. I don't like it, but they they have a real one. They were elite, and it just seems like they keep the train going. Yep. 
I mean, what happened? So, you remember how Justin Verlander won the Cy Young, right? Well, yeah. he left. He decided oh. he was done. Uh, Christian Vasquez, he heads to the Twins. Ledmiz Diaz goes to the Athletics. Yuli Gurriel, thank God, he heads to the Marlins. Uh, Jason Castro retires. Will Smith goes to the Rangers. And Trey Mancini goes to the Cubs, right? I'd like to clarify so that Justin Verlander guys. didn't retire. He went to the Mets. Kind of sound like I, he rode off into the sunset. Said, no, you never oh, said I the did, Mets. I didn't, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, he's he's a Met now, right? The, you lose out on the Cy Young. That's what That was my point. Um, but they go out. They re-sign Rafael Montero. They extend Christian Javier, who a lot of people have as a Cy Young favorite this year. They go out. They sign Jose Abreu to a three-year deal and sign Michael Brayley back to a one-year deal. Like, that's incredible. I don't know like, why they spent so much worse, on worse, but got Montero. better. You got worse, but you got better. They like, spent a ton of money on Rafael Montero. They did three years, $34 million, yeah. I guess they like him. And it's just, think about it like this, right? That's $5 million less than the Tyler Anderson contract. Yeah. I like the Michael Brantley signing. I would have liked to see another team try and pick him up, in all honesty. Um, I think we all did. We, I'm trying to remember back to our free agency. I think I had him going somewhere else. I think I we did. all had him going somewhere else. Besides, I think Aiden maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let me see um, free agency predictions. Michael Brantley. I had Baltimore. Stevs. You had Texas. Aiden yeah. had San Francisco, and Tom had Seattle. So again, I think we all would have liked to see the the reliability <laughs> and versatility. Uh, Michael Brantley's bat just allows him to play on any team and fit into any lineup. I think the issue with having Michael Brantley, if there is any, is you're going to have to put Jordan Alvarez in left field for some games. Yeah. And that's not uh, that's not something you really want to be doing nowadays. No, definitely not. Um, But yeah, let's, let's, so let's talk about this rotation, right? So they got Fran Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, and Hunter Brown. And Hunter Brown is their top prospect, and he's going to probably be uh, – He's is he officially on the roster? Yeah, because McCullers is injured. Yeah. And like Brad just mentioned, Lance McCullers is injured. Uh, Hunter Brown uh, – I'm going to read this exactly off of Brad's notes. He's Justin Verlander light. Um, so they basically just traded out Justin Verlander for a younger version of him. Obviously, like, not as good right now, but – Hopefully, we'll get to that point if you want to continue on with the rest of that, Brad. With with Hunter Brown. Okay, so basically, we talked about him being Verlander light. He got the same fastball, the same slider, but his, his slider's slidier and faster. Uh, but he doesn't have great command. He walks with considerable amount of people. 94 to 96 sound like Verlander to me. Uh, but it really looks like that he might be a four-inning starter right now. Uh, that's really due to his lack of control in his youth. And right now... Uh, unlike Verlander, his curveball is actually his best offering, which is kind of unique. Uh, we don't really see many elite. I don't think elite curveballs are as common as they used to be. That's fair. I'm trying to think of, yeah, because most people go to their their slider a lot. You have your fastball. Yeah, I don't really think like the best like, curveball in baseball last curve. year was a negative 13 run value. Where again, run value doesn't mean pitch quality. Um, but it was Zach Allen's curveball and then Max Fried's curveball and then Framber Valdez's curveball, who also happens to be on this team with a pretty good curveball. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? Uh, that curveball we mentioned, though, it ranks number 38 in baseball for best pitches. So you can see how yeah, it's kind of unique, a unique look. I like Framber Valdez. I think yeah. he's fine. He had the shift so much last year. But I okay. think, and I think him, I have him and Alec Manoa in a similar, like, in a similar group in my mind. Because I think ground ball sinker pitchers, even though I know Manoa is a bit more strikeout than Framber Valdez, um, I think Manoa to be more, and Manoa also pitches to a launch angle pitcher. But again, I think he's a ground ball pitcher. I, that's the perception I get, right? And the Astros have a really good defense behind Valdez. So will they be able to make up for that? Yes. But who are they missing right now in that lineup? We'll talk about that in a second about the rest of the lineup. They're missing Jose Altuve for two months. He's been yep. a really key part of this infield for a decade. Like, Trevor Valdez looks up pretty high 
average exit velocity. Again, he's a ground ball pitcher. It's like that's going to be expected. But when you have less time and more range you have to make up, there's a higher probability for hits just in that alone. Yeah. He's not going to pitch to a high FIP because he's a ground ball pitcher. That's just how FIP works. Luis Garcia, he's interesting to me in, uh, to some degree. Because Eric Kitty added a cutter last year and he performed fairly decently. And then Hunter Brown, right? I think this rotation can be very good, but I'm worried. Yeah. I, I think this is... I'm solidly worried about the Astros rotation, but not like... I'm not as worried about the Astros rotation as I would be the Mariners, but I am worried about the Astros rotation given who the Houston Astros are. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, I mean, you also... You, we talked about it. Lance McCullough is already out with an injury. He was one of their like big three last year, um, outside of, you know, obviously their Cy Young. Um, and I mean, Brad mentioned it all, like there's, there's concerns for each of these pitchers. Um, I mean, obviously I like Framber Valdez. I'm really high on Christian Javier. I really like Christian Javier. I have since he came into the league. Um, Hunter Brown is pretty good from all accounts. Um, and then you got guys like Luis Garcia and Jose Acuiti who are going to go out and do their thing. Um, there are concerns. I have those concerns as well. Um, but I think they're going to be all right. Again, they are the Houston Astros, and I think they're going to – I think they're going to be completely okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that – I'm trying to find – there was something on a vertical approach angle with pitches, and yeah. Christian Javier has, like, an elite vertical approach angle, which basically it increases your deception on a rising fastball. Like, for reference, the best pitcher in baseball for a vertical approach angle above average is Josh Hader. Shocking, right? That a sidearm fastball would be really deceptive and really difficult to hit, especially at its high velocity. Christian Javier excels at that because he has a sneaky low release point, which is sneaky high in its growth. Yeah. And that's why everyone's so high on him. And I get that. I understand that. I just worry about his inning count. I'm not worried about Christian Javier as a pitcher. Of of the five starting pitchers in this rotation, I am most confident in Christian Javier's ability to get quality outs. I worry about his ability to throw 180 innings. How many innings did he throw last year? Uh, he threw 148.2. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely cause for a little bit of concern there because he threw 148 last year, threw 101 the season before, and then in the COVID year, threw 54 and a third. So, I mean, I think there's definitely some cause for concern, but... I don't know. It's kind of his first year to try and kind of come out and be the ace. He just got that big extension. So I think he kind of has a little bit. He kind of wants to prove that the money wasn't quote unquote wasted because it was just to kind of avoid arbitration, that contract extension. But it bought out two years um, after too. So again, I, I think I think he has I think everything's kind of right. And I think he's I think he's gonna come out and I think he's gonna perform at a high clip. I agree. I think the issue is he is supposed to be their Verlander this year, and he will be compared to him. Yeah, that's fair. It's a high bar to set, too. What's the bullpen look like? All right, so got Ryan Presley, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, Hector Neris, Ryan Stanek, uh, Phil Mason, uh, Seth Martinez, and Ronald Blanco. Said it on the last half of this episode. It's a top 10 bullpen in baseball. Uh, Ryan uh, Presley is elite he is one of the best closers in baseball underrated too rafael montero he had a huge breakout last year like before last year he was really a nobody and the astros yeah. threw him in their like their magic chamber and he's now magic brian debreu is ever is a guy that everyone has a huge like everyone sees him breaking out to be one of the best believers of baseball which makes kind of sense because he has two pitches that are 140 plus on stuff plus like that's really that's yeah. very very good hector naris can be pretty solid can be pretty bad ryan stanick was filthy last year i believe he had a nearly sub one era it was above one but phil maton effective seth martinez effective and i don't really know Renel blanco i'm looking him up right now and last year he wasn't very good which is like really I'm was he with what? the astros last year or? Uh, last year he was with the astros and he only threw six and a third innings pitch. so i'm really curious to see what he was because i'm not going to make a judgment based off of six and a third innings pitch last year yeah that's fair because this screams to me, Astros do fantastic thing, and Guy becomes fantastic. Yep, that's fair. 
I mean, I, I again, you kind of touched on everyone. I mean, they're they're a good lineup or they're a good bullpen. Um, they're gonna come out and do their thing, and I think they're gonna prove that they are a top ten bullpen. Um, Hector Neris is always a funny name to me because I always watched him when he was a Philly. Um, and he was just always hit or miss, and some things never change. Um, and he is not going to change. Um, I think he's probably the most, well, outside of probably Rano Blanco, probably the shakiest of anyone in the bullpen. Would you agree with that? Or Seth Maton or Seth Maton, the gender. Seth Martinez and Phil Maton could be in my. Okay, here's the thing. It's a reliever, right? Yeah. The relievers are the most versatile players in baseball because you even saw Josh Hader last year. He had a rough month and it ruined his entire season. That dude's the top top three best relievers in baseball when he's when he's on. He's unhittable. Yeah. Ryan Presley could have a rough four save stretch and become have a four ERA on the season. I can't yeah. I can't fully evaluate relievers on something like that, but I do understand where you're coming from. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let's get into this lineup now. So you got Jeremy Pena, uh, World Series MVP leading off. Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman. Jordan Alvarez at the DH spot for most days. And then they went out and they got Jose Abreu, obviously. So he's going to be at first base. David Hensley is the second base replacement currently. Uh, Chaz McCormick's in left. Jake Myers in center field. And Martin Maldonado behind the dish. Obviously, you didn't hear Jose Altuve. He's hurt for about two months. And Michael Brantley, not surprisingly, is also out currently. Uh, off the bench, they got Corey Lee, JJ, Brad. Can you help me on that? Matajevich, Matajevich, uh, Mauricio Dubon, and uh, Justin Durden. So, um, I mean, it looks like Matajevich and Durden are going to be like they're just there until Altuve and yeah. Brantley are back. Yeah, but Altuve and Brantley back are like being out are like pretty big deals, right? Like, I don't quite understand, unless I have his positioning correct, why Chaz McCormick isn't in center field. I feel like Chaz, um, again, for reference, I mean, all the lineups we do are grabbed off of Fangraph's website. So if if we're wrong, blame Fangraph's, not us. I think Chaz, Chaz McCormick should be their center fielder, and he very well might be. Jake Myers, I'm pulling it up right now, he, he's not an offensive machine. It's also the Astros, so that doesn't mean anything. He struck out 34% of the time. He had a 258 Woba, and he had seven outs above average in center field. Mm -hmm. That's pretty accomplished. Like that outfield defense of Tucker, uh, Tucker, Myers, and McCormick is going to be fantastic. Kyle Tucker is a perennially underrated outfielder. Those two guys are very solid defenders. This is a really good defensive team now that I'm thinking about it. Bregman can pick it. We saw you saw that bounce play in spring training, right? That, like he got a ground ball and he turned a double play, but he he was on a, like a weird angle, so he hopped the ball to second base and it worked perfectly. Jeremy yeah, Payne said, last year, sorry, he said he was. I think I think he made a comment that he was like working on it because he didn't want it was like it was too close to like, or it was too close to throw it and it was wasn't close enough to flip it, so he just threw it as hard as he could into the dirt and he said he had been like working on that just to see if it would work. Yeah, I guess spring training is the place to try that. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Payne's defense is really good. I'm still not completely sold on him. I'm, I think it's going to take a couple more seasons for him to fully break out in the regular season portion of the MLB season. But I think he's going to be that type of player that clutches up when it matters most, like we saw him do last year. Yeah. And the thing is, right? Like, even when he was red hot in the postseason, the walk tool still wasn't there. Yeah. Like he walked twice in 61 plate appearances. That's not very good. Obviously, you saw what he can be. He's got seven outs above average. So this, is this the best defense in baseball heading into the season? I mean, top to bottom. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Okay. So I'm going to, so for reference, David Hensley, the guy who's going to supposed to be replacing Jose Altuve for the duration of yeah. Altuve's injury. Below average defender, but he didn't have any position stability. But in his 23 batted balls last year, he had a 440 Woba, which is better than Aaron Judge's season last year. He walked 15% of the time and struck out 17.6% of the time. So it just looks like another cog in the Astros machine. Yeah. I don't really know if that's what he's going to be, but. And that we're yeah, not we even can... count. We're not even talking about Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, and Jose Abreu. It's just like 
I think we take them for granted how good they are. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you covered everything I, I want to say. Um, again, Jeremy Pena, he's going to come up in clutch moments and do his thing. I do agree. I'm not fully sold on him quite yet. I think it is going to take a couple more seasons before he is kind of that within that top 10 conversation. Like I, I think he's in the be. conversation. I think he's I in the conversation. In. Like, like he's planted within that top 10. That's okay. what I was trying to go okay. at. Um, Kyle Tucker, uh, some people's MVP candidate for this team. Uh, Alex Bregman goes out, does his thing, makes weird plays, hits the ball pretty hard. Jordan Alvarez literally hits the ball to the moon. Uh, Jose Abreu literally was an MVP, what, three seasons ago? 2020, yeah. And now he is on the World Series champion, like, roster. Like, I don't – they literally got – they got better somehow, or at least offensively they got better. I agree. I again, we don't express any concerns about their offense by any stretch of the imagination. We stretch no. our concerns about their starting pitching, and that's pretty much the only thing we stretch yeah. concerns about. I'm pulling up Martin Maldonado's catching metrics. He was actually a average framer last year. Shocking, right? Uh, but he was a well above average, two blocks above average, uh, blocker last year. And makes me want to highlight their prospect, Yanir Diaz. Uh, he is a catcher with average defense, but he's listed as the best catcher in their forty on their forty man. That's out on top of Corey Lee, who used to be a lot higher of a heralded prospect. He really hasn't panned out. Uh, hard to do that with playing time. Uh, he's a free swinger, but he only strikes out fifteen to seventeen percent of the time. His comp is Travis Darno, which is really interesting. Like that's not a guy I think I'd comp someone to, but you know what? His his issue is his hit tool may not be the best. He struggles to pull fastballs in. And he really hits them only to right and center field. And he hits breaking balls that don't really break too much. So it looks like he's a guy that'll feast on bad fishing, but struggle against good fishing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of excited to see uh, if they call him up, let let him play, right? Um, I mean, everyone's got to be compared to somebody, right? Like yeah. they need, someone had to be compared to Travis Starno. Might as well be this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um. If he comes up and say Martin or Maldonado gets hurt and he can come up and kind of get some relief and get some work in with Corey Lee and try and kind of fight for the spot, I think they're definitely going to do that and see what he can provide. All right, you ready for predictions? Yeah, you could get off this time. Okay, so originally I had them going 104 and 58. Altuve injury knocked him down a couple to 101 and 61. Still, yeah. I think that's tied for my best record in baseball with the Atlanta Braves. Crazy. Two organizations that are run very similarly uh, and have very good teams, good farm systems, sign their stars. Yep. Best teams of baseball. For the MVP, I had Jordan Alvarez. It is Jordan Alvarez. Guys, he's best pure hitter in baseball? Probably. He is. Yeah, he is the best pure hitter in baseball. For the Cy Young, I had Christian Javier. I think, as I said, I have the least amount of questions about him. I just think that there's less... I, I worry about his innings. Um, and then for the breakout, I had Hunter Brown. I think he'll be very good for them. I don't think he's going to be a... I'm trying to... I don't think he's going to be fantastic. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be yeah. in the rookie of the year race, but not like Spencer Strider was last year. And for yeah. the most important, I put Framber Valdez. Okay. It depends on the severity of his regression. If he's very similar to what he did last year and produces the same results, the defense plays the same as behind him, and he's just as effective, throws 200 innings. That's a huge deal for this team with questionable starting pitching. Yeah. Um, I was a little lower. I had him 162. Um, I, I think with with your best player, quote-unquote, let me put quotes around that, your, your, let's say, franchise player and Jose Altuve being out for two months, um, that's definitely going to hurt. And with the question marks around the starting pitching, um, I kind of knocked him down a couple pegs for that. Uh, MVP is obviously Jordan Alvarez. Um, and Cy Young and Breakout, I have is Christian Javier because I do see him taking that leap into uh, Cy Young candidacy. And I think that that is enough to equate a breakout, if that makes sense, just yeah. that, that big of a jump. Um, and most important, I have just their starting pitching staff in general. If their starting pitching staff can click as a whole, sky's the limit. But it's just a matter of it, if it can do and I think it, it's the Astros, right? Like, we know it's going to succeed to some degree. Yes. It's difficult to see a organization with this prowess just fall off the face of a the cliff. They're not going to do that. 
guys. As mm-hmm. much as you may want them to, they're not going to do that. However, I don't think for the first... Oh, I think it's Tom's, and then I'll make my point. Oh, okay. Tom had them going 103 and 59. I think... I just don't know if he re-equated once Altuve got hurt, or if that's what he's had them, or Maybe. if he did. Uh, his MVP was Kyle Tucker, and he said it was a warm take, not a cold take. Or warm take. That's not a hot take. Kyle Tucker's a really good baseball player. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think, because, like, outside of Jordan, who would be their MVP? Bregman. Like, Bregman, Abreu, Pena. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's within the top five of their MVPs, I would say. Yeah. So uh, I don't feel like that's a that's a warm take at all. No. And for Cy Young, he had Christian Javier for their breakout, Hunter Brown. And for most important, he put Jose Abreu, which I get. It makes sense. It gives depth to a lineup. It's a, it was your biggest acquisition this offseason. Yeah. If he performs, it just makes the team that much better. And then he said, I think there's a chance this team shows signs of weakness for the first time since 2017. Uh, clearly, he does not remember the fact that they went 29 and 31 in 2020. Um, yeah, but I get where he's coming from. I yeah. think I I can't remember my predictions for every season. I know I had them winning the division last year. I think I had them winning it in 2021, but it was a lot I'm lower sure. of a record. I mean, uh, in 2021, the only other team I probably would have had above them would be the Angels, and I don't see myself putting the Angels over them. Yeah. And then I didn't make projections for 2020. So, yeah, I think this team's so good. You can't doubt them. For their floor, I'm going to put them at our highest projected Mariners record of 92 and 70. That seems fair. Because at their, if at their worst, I would say they're the Mariners. Yeah. I'm looking at my records i had the angels winning the division in 2021 at 88 and 74 what was that angels lineup i think it was just mediocre insert mediocre angels lineup with mike trout and shohei otani oh my god my cy young that year was kenton maeda anyways back to the houston astros uh back to it's crazy how far we've come they're floor 92 and 70. Their ceiling is their ceiling better than the New York Mets' ceiling. If everything clicks right, I don't know. I, I I'm hard pressed to say yes, in all honesty. I'm right there with you. I think because if everything clicks right, like it's a we have to readjust the Mets though, because since we had we had that, Edwin Diaz Ooh, got hurt. That is true. So, so yes, originally I would we had say the, it is okay because we had the Mets going one hundred eight and fifty four for their ceiling. I would say that would be that would be the. I would say that'd be the Astros ceiling now, and the Mets are a couple clicks down at like one hundred four or something like that. I like that. I'm excited for this year. We've talked about every single team. If there's a specific team you want to go hear about, every single team's out now. You can go check it out on YouTube. You can go check it out anywhere where you get your podcasts. Everyone's out. The predictions are out. All that's left to do is talk about awards and playoffs, which will be coming out tomorrow on Wednesday. Thank you all for listening to the Florida Baseball Podcast. If you want to interact with us at all, all social medias will be in the link in the description below. Guys, opening days in two days. It's here. We've made it through the offseason, guys. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace.